0: I was just enjoying the music. About to sit down. If you have a blue chair next to you, will you scoot in? If there's somewhere, you can add a little bit. We're bursting at the seams. Isn't that And so uh, we may have to put some more chairs up here on the front row and add one more. When we go to Mexico to church, uh, they have the chair sitting like this far from the yeah. stage. So um, if not, maybe we might have some choir people just come up. It doesn't matter. Just fill in some space. But this is good, isn't it? Amen. Glad you're here tonight. And we we have been anticipating our pastor's prayer group that meets every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. has been praying for revival. This is what revival looks like. Is when the body of Christ comes together. Amen. Yeah, we can applaud that. I think so. Can you just look around you? There's some Methodists in the room. Don't don't do that. Yeah, there we go. There's some Baptists in the room. This is a dangerous. There's some Pentecostals in the room. No snakes allowed in here. Just... It's always funny, because it seems like anytime time I mention Pentecostal, somebody goes, go, you have snakes? <laughs> we have never had snakes. We did have a squirrel got in the building once, and the revival broke out. Did you know the song was written about it? So, uh, anyway, we're glad you're here. But I want to take a minute, if I can, and introduce some brand new pastors who just got elected to First Assembly of God here in Baxter Springs, Stephen, Mary Bell, will you stand up and wave at everybody? Welcome to Stephen So they're moving this Friday, and so nobody tell them anything bad about Baxter Springs. Only good things, so we you get a chance. But they're they're in. They're already excited about being here. And I'm so glad that the pastors that gather to pray, so I would like... All of the pastors that are here, would you please stand? You pastors, whatever pastor you may be, if you you have that title, would you stand tonight? You. Children's pastors. Worship pastors. And I want to say thank you for leading your flock. And... Um, well, I just say, I'm kind of moved by this because God is doing mighty things. Amen. Amen. And uh, I don't know how we're going to hold it. We might have to get a stadium by the end of the week. <laughs> I don't know. So uh, I envisioned some years ago a springtime revival that would be at the baseball field and we would see something mighty happen there, Switch, And uh, that would be awesome. But I don't know. But tonight we're here. And uh, the worship band is going to lead us. I just want to tell you a couple things real quick. Um, that tonight we're going to receive an offering. The offering is not for Bethel Church or the speaker. All the offerings this week. Um, we'll go to, to uh, the Ministerial Alliance. And we're going to give that money to help the thrift shop with feeding people and clothing people and the senior transportation. Last year we didn't do that. We, we're including that this year. I appreciate James and what they do, and, and uh, we want to be a help to there. by the way, I'm going to put a little plug, if you would like to serve with Meals on Wheels, we could use your help in that area. If you would like to serve at the thrift shop, we could use your help in that area. So Brother Mike Berry, raise your hand. He's the guy you see if you want to volunteer to help with Meals on Wheels, you can see him tonight, or if you need a number, see one of your pastors, we can get you in contact. We need help in that area to minister to people. It, aren't we supposed to be the hands and feet? Yeah, I think so. So uh, this is our opportunity to do that. Well, let's open with prayer. Heavenly Father God, I thank you that um, you're a good God and you're merciful and you're going to do great things here in this place. As we enter into this time of worship, let us understand it's not about a building or or a leader. It's about you and we come into your presence lifting up your name. Let you inhabit the praises of your people tonight. Amen. Amen. Hey, If you want to, you can text a friend during church. We're allowing that. There is passing notes in this sense. And tell them on Facebook Live, Uniting the Kingdom, this Facebook page, and we're going to, uh, they can hook up and Pay attention to what's going on. I don't want to use that word, hookup. They can tune in and, and uh, find out what's going on. Uh, Bethel Church is also recording. It'll be on our Facebook page. So uh, Uniting the Kingdom, Chris, thank you so much. He takes care of our webpage, has carried it on through the year, even from last year. and So we're glad you're here. And uh, I, I want to tell you a funny story. That Since Ben told his story about the diagnosis of cancer and the fear that went through Sonia and I's heart, uh, it was it was a tough time. And so Mark Taylor from KNO Radio, I want to put a plug in for him. He was asking me one day as we were going to lunch at a Chinese restaurant. He said, "Tell me about your son. What happened?" I was telling him the story. In the midst of the story, we go into a Chinese buffet, and as we're going in to sit down, Mark says, "I'm going to go in and wash my hands." And I said, "I'll go get a seat." And I hear music playing from the kitchen. Now it's a Chinese buffet. Yeah. I make sure I say that and usually you're going whatever you know Chinese. I don't do that so well. I'm not trying to make fun of Chinese people. But it wasn't I hear from the kitchen, not in Chinese, the song from the radio playing. I raise a hallelujah.
1: Hallelujah.
0: Yes. That was awesome. God's in the right place at the right time. Blesses yes. us. Tonight if you're gonna give in the offering, if you're writing a check, make it to the Ministerial Alliance. Not to Bethel Church. If you make it to Bethel Church or Mark Kerr, i got to sign it over to them. So you give it to the minister of our We're going to divvy that up to those two groups that are under that umbrella. And so if you would do that, the ushers are going to come in a few moments and receive the giving. And so give generously all through the week. And Michael, when you get a total, will you be sure to get that to me so we can report to you God's blessing? Can you do that? And I just got word tonight that one of the benefactors in our community gave $1,000 toward our thrift shop already. So if the ushers have come, if you would, Brother Lloyd, as you get up here, will you? Bless the offering. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this uh, this opportunity
2: to get together, enjoy each other's company, and reach out to you. The Lord of Heaven's Father, we, we feel your presence here tonight. Amen. Yes. We thank you for that. We ask, Lord, that you send the sweet Holy Spirit to minister to everyone here in this crowd tonight. Because you are more than able. You are bigger than everything yes. else. Yes. So we give you glory, honor, and praise
0: because of who you are. I hope we didn't lose any Methodists on that one. They're still here. I I just want to say, if I, I, know I didn't mention the Nazarene. I could have gone into all the labels, but you know the truth is, is we're all under the banner of Christ tonight, and the Christian Church can say that. That's right. Or the Church of Christ, or you know. But really, the truth is, is we're all under one banner, and we're together. And tonight, it's my privilege to introduce to you. Swish. <laughs> Jeff Adams, pastor of Friends Church. He is—he uh, was an uh, associate pastor at Grace Community for many years and served there. And, and I found out more recently, but I knew this. His—he just uh, told us the other day that uh, he was saved in this church. His grandmother attended here, his aunt Robbie. Thank God she got saved and started attending here. She was pretty honored, but she was a blessing. Yes, was. And, and a tremendous, our people are all laughing at because they know Robbie. <laughs> and Jeff, I, I think it's a joy to have you here tonight. You. And I know the Lord's going to use you in a mighty way. God bless you as you come. Amen.
2: we on? Yes. All right, you can hear me? Yes. I don't have anything as fancy as Lowell.
1: I just
2: stand up there and do my thing. I don't have anything like this, Mark, is it? This is crazy. Dorcia, I got to thinking before I come up here. Last year, they had Dorcia preached here, the Methodist lady, right? But this year, they got the Friends pastor up here in a Pentecostal church. I don't know if they're trying to kick us out of the group or what they're trying to do. But honestly, this is an emotional night. The Spirit is here. The Spirit has been here since we walked in the building. The Bible tells us clearly that where two or three are gathered, that He is in our midst. When we came together, He is in our midst. I don't care if it says... Pentecostal behind it or Baptist behind it or friends behind it or whatever, it doesn't matter because when we get to heaven, this is what it's going to look like. The only matter that's going to matter is whether your name was found written in the Lamb's Book of Life. And we're going to talk about that in a minute. I did get my start here. My wonderful grandparents, with both sides, were wonderful people. God puts them in your life for a reason. And uh, my grandma and grandpa Adams, they, I always, you know, the joke is that you were a drug baby. I was drugged to church on Sunday morning, drug on Sunday night. And, and I really was. I mean, I literally was going to church here. Paul Howie was here then. Where's Paul? So I, Paul was going here then. I was probably what? I don't know. Just newborn. I mean, I had to been maybe a week or two old when they brought me the first time. And for the first 12 or 13 years of my life, this is where I went to church. Of course, it wasn't in here. It was This was another building or something. And, it was over where they eat at now, okay? And if... Are we going over there later, by the way? we I'm doing that? I'm just going to show it. I'm going to have them put something up with my name on it to show you right where I was at. Because I can go in there and show you where I was at when I knelt down and accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. And that's been with me now. That's not to say that I haven't messed up in my life. We all, we all sin and fall short of God's glory... And we're all going to continue to do that. Because think about it this way. How many of you have ever bowled, bowled at your life? Bowling. What bowling? You like bowling? Bowling's fun, right? Even, even if you're not any good at it, it's fun, right? Now, this the hands are really going to get scarce here. How many of you have ever bowled a 300? In one game? Yeah. In yes. one ah. game? <laughs> That's a Pentecostal thing. They're trying to add more to you know, it. It's okay. We, we love you, Mark. We love you. Nobody in here's has bowled the 300. Does no, so the we count? No. The so we don't count. And the, and the bumper pads don't count either on the side. The gutter pad. I've come close one, long, many years ago. I think I got into the 270s once. And uh, But I bowled a lot when I was a kid and, and bowled in leagues and things. But just because none of you people here have ever bowled a 300 or myself, it doesn't keep us from bowling, does it? No. We still go bowl and we still try to have fun, right? And it's kind of the same. We know that we're going to fall short of God's glory. How do we measure up to the standard that Jesus Christ set? How do we measure up? So I've been struggling. I had a sermon ready two weeks ago. And as I prepared for for tonight, for today, it started Wednesday. And it's, it's Bob Martin's fault. Yeah. <laughs> Bob, where are you at? Right
1: over there. Bob, stand up,
2: so I'd Like can see Bob. I want you. It's all Bob's fault. Okay. You're going to get to hear Bob preach later in the week. Uh, but as as uh, Mark has shared, we have come together as a group of pastors yeah. that have. You know, as far as church uh, affiliations and denominations go, nothing in common other than, you know, uh, you have uh, Roger and, and, and Mark or Pentecostal. And we have a couple Baptists and Big Mike and, uh, and uh, Jim. And then you have Bob. He's, he's Baptist. And then you had Dorcia and I. And the
0: Apostolic.
2: And we have Apostolic as well. Yeah, Cody. Cody's there. And then you're going to hear his brother preach later. Um, but we decided... They decided before I started going, uh, finally Big Mike had been on me about going. and uh, So finally he figured out how to do it, I guess. He's a pretty good salesman if you know Big Mike. And he came over to my church one day and he said, Hey, what month can I put you down for to host the pastor prayer? I hadn't even gone to one yet. I I had never been. I said, What do you mean? he goes, Well, you, you, you host at your church and I got... This month open if you want to take it, I think it was, I don't know, June, or I don't remember what it was, but July maybe. July. And uh, so I started going, because this was two or three months before then. And, um, well, I was going right during the, when you had this last revival. And what I began to to see and sense in this is that we don't talk about denominations. That's right. We don't talk about, you know, we focus on God and His plan, and out of that, out of those prayer meetings, came these eight-night revivals, and this is the second year in a row. And God has blessed us in that way. Nobody's here to, to to gain anything from it. Our job is to unite the community, uniting His kingdom. What we decided to do was we decided to start with Matthew six thirty-three, and make a put that up on the. This is the way I, I learn it. If you want to know who Big R is, it's Justin Wilson. I know he's a Baxter guy, but he used to be a thing guy. I always called him Big R because every time me and my brother saw him, he had an R on his hat. And so my brother called him Big R, so that's what I call him. Okay, how many of you know this verse? Amen. Amen. Church, Little Friends, that is. Church, my Little Friends church. What's your pastor's favorite verse? Matthew 6.33. Matthew 633. And people say, why is that your favorite verse? And it's because it's really simple. It's really everything wrapped up in one one verse. If we would do that right there. Right, right. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Seek God first in everything. Amen. In everything. Amen. And then what does it say? And all these things. Not some of these things. Not a few of these things. Not a little bit here and a little bit there. But all these things will be added unto you. Now, he's going to be up there in the in the uh, King James because that's what I told him to put up there because that's how I memorized it when I was younger. I didn't have any other Bible but a King James version Bible, and so now I've got one of every version I think that's out there. I've tried to collect them all, and uh, I like them all. I actually forgot it. I had the Message version that I was going to bring with me and read to y'all. It's a little different. It's a little easier to understand. Uh, but it, it all says the same thing. Right. So the reason it was Bob Martin's fault, and I brought my phone up here, I'm not texting nobody. I want to read a text that Bob sent out, okay? So this is how close we are as a group, all right? Big Mike, by the way, he is the ringleader of the, the, the text messages, and the thing. Every Sunday morning about 7, 7.30, somewhere in between there, Big Mike gives us a sermon. He gives the rest of us pastors a mini sermon for the day. I mean, it, it's incredible. He does this every week. Uh, <clears throat> anyway, he, he sent it out today. We don't have time, or I'd read it all to you. Um, but Bob, after he sent it, Big Mike sent it. Said, "Love in Christ." You know, he's praying. We're all praying for one another. And Bob puts "Amen." And what he had talked about, he said, along with the cross and along with the Holy Spirit, there's one thing we need above all else. It's something we don't talk about these days. We need a mighty avalanche of sin. A conviction of sin. We need a mighty avalanche not, not a mighty avalanche of sin. <laughs> we already got that, right? That's why we're here. Right? That's why we're all here tonight. Uh, It was funny because uh, my, my my dad was married to, to a lot of you that know this my dad was married at one point to a gal named shirley that had a bar here in town and they run shirley's place and my youth pastor used to come in there to see me if i was in there visiting my dad and i got real nervous i said what are you doing coming in here people's going to see you because i don't really care he said i'm in here to see you i'm not in here to do anything wrong that's our perception, right? We see or hear something and we automatically think the worst. But let's take that out of context and then instead of when you hear something, do this. Seek God first. Seek his kingdom first. I tried it out tonight. Not that I said I don't try to live my life, but if I'm going to tell you all that this is what you need to do and what we need to do collectively, I need to... Live that out myself and be an example to other people. So tonight, and, and it's starting again because I'm under these hot lights, but I came to the altar and the first thing I prayed for is God, I need to stop sweating.
1: Because
2: <laughs> I'm really sweating. And I did. I stopped sweating. I went and sat back down. Now I was still a little damp, you know, in the shirt and stuff, but my head, now it's, it's sweating again. <laughs> But I did. I prayed, and God, he, he, I'm giving him the glory. He stopped Maybe. that sweating. Now, you think that's crazy, and you think that's just something little. That's something simple, right? Yeah. Well, it's not. It, God wants us to do that with everything. We yeah. just get too, we get too busy. We, we, life gets a hold of us.
1: Yeah.
2: And it grabs us, you know, by the back of the belt loop. Yeah. And we're trying to—it's like running on that treadmill. You're not going anywhere. Yeah. Right? God wants us right here, right now, all the time, in His Word. Mm -hmm. One of the things that, uh, when when, when I was at, there it goes. When I was at Grace Community, one of my jobs as associate pastor was to visit, do visitation, and and we had a lot of people. uh, And so there was a lot of visiting, going to the hospitals. What's the one thing I hate to do more than anything in the world? build the hospital. God puts us in places, but if we seek Him first, yeah. right. He's going to put us where He wants us and He's going to get us through it.
1: Yeah. When
2: you walk in a room with somebody that's, that they told they're not going to live, I don't, in, in, in my humanness, I don't know what to say. If I didn't have this book backing me up and the scripture that I've studied and, and as God tells us to, to put it on our heart, that we memorize it, that we study it, and then when it comes forth, out of the heart the mouth speaks. Yes. If we have this book right here in our hearts, mm-hmm. right. it, it will be backed up by what we say and what we do. Right. Because faith without works is dead. We could have all the faith in the world, but if we're not going to do something about it,
1: yes.
2: yeah. then what are we doing? We're doing it all for God. Uh, I, I'm, you know, I've lived in this this area my whole life, and uh, as I've looked around, I see a lot of people that have, were. Uh, influences on me. Here I get choked up. You know, I had Paul Howey raise his hand. Thank you. There he is. Hallelujah. God just answered my prayer right then because I was telling you guys about Matthew 6.33. We've been praying for you guys since Wednesday. Alright? And I say you guys. We've been praying for everybody, ourselves included. That God would bring an avalanche, a mighty avalanche of conviction of sin on us, on this community. Now, because guys, we can be good people all we want. And there's as I'm going around the room, I'm thinking, man, there's a lot of good people here. I know most of you, and I don't know everybody, but I know most of you. And you're good people. I've, I've seen you my whole life growing up in this community. But if we don't do something about it, then it's just dead. Yeah. There's nothing to it. And, you know, here's what's funny. is we talk about people doing what God wants them to do, he mentioned Mike Barry doing the Meals on Wheels. Guess where I got my start? Mike Barry in this church. I'm 55 years old, so I was probably a boy of about eight. And Mike had a bus ministry, and I helped Mike on that bus. We'd go around and pick up kids on Sunday mornings. We actually went on Saturdays and went to their house. And we would make sure they were going. If they were going, we put a check by their name. And if they wasn't, we marked them off. And we knew where to go on Sunday. So it was a two day deal. But, my, guys like that, they've been, they've been doing God's work their whole life. Right, that's good. And giving God the glory. See God first right. in His kingdom. And all these things will be added unto you. Like I said, I had, I don't know, there's five pages of notes. Something like that. Uh, we're probably not going to get to any of them.
1: <laughs>
2: and my church will tell you I, I don't do that because I have to stay on task. I, I'm unmedicated ADD patient. <laughs> and uh, I asked my doctor one time about it. And she told me, we got some other issues, Jeff, we need to work on (laughs) before I put you on the ADD. And I said, well, all right, let me know when we're there. And uh, sometimes ADD is a blessing and a curse. But uh, God made us all each just how he wanted. We're perfect in God's eyes. Think about that. No matter what you've done, no matter what stain you think you have on your name or your life, God has already forgiven you for that. And the last time I checked, there's no West Pole and there's no East Pole. And God says that your sin has been cast as far as the East is from the West. So it's never coming back. It's never going to stop. There's nowhere for it to go. There's nowhere for it to go. God's forgot about it. Why do we keep trying to bring it up? Because the devil, right? Yeah. The devil, go, if he can't get you, he goes after your family or your friends or whatever, don't he? Yes. And then when you can't, bat, you know, fight the battle for him, you think, "I can't," but you can. Now it may not go as fast as you want it to. It may not happen in the way you want it to. But if you seek God first and you take that concern to God, hon, the phones are ringing. Would you get it for me, please? Yes. What? I'm trying to watch old Johnny here on the telephone. No, that was a skit I did last night. Sorry, that, that ADD took me back to last night. That's how the skit started with the ringing telephone. So I thought that was pretty... God has got a wonderful, wonderful sense of humor. Uh, talk about. So we need to see God first in everything. And if that means that we seek God first in confession of our sin, if God's going to bring, and I believe he is, because we've been praying. Bob prayed this in his prayer Wednesday, and it hasn't left my thought process since then. An avalanche of conviction for sin. Yes. And he got, it. what was the dude's name? Yeah. Leonard Gravenhill. Leonard Gravenhill. Yeah. <laughs> 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 wonderful,
1: wonderful
2: words. I mean, just, it's one of those things that just grabs you and you, for, you just don't forget it. But when we seek God first, isn't that something that we'll automatically want to do? Yes. Is confront that avalanche of conviction that's coming our way? No matter what our status is, none of us are exempt. Right. right.
1: Yeah. In God's
2: eyes, we're We're all going to stand before Him and we're going to, you know, it's, our, it's going to be in or out.
1: Yeah. Right.
2: And what do you have To back up. When you stand before God speechless. I watched Pam and I. Watched that movie again today. This afternoon. And I had all these other things going through my mind. And I can only imagine. You know we've seen it four or five times now. Mm -hmm. But I can only imagine what it's going to be like. When we get to heaven. Mm -hmm. Will you even be able to speak? Mm -hmm. But let's let that conviction. That avalanche of conviction come now. Amen. We have Paul, the Apostle Paul is one of the the greatest writers, theologians. And he was a martyr. I mean, he was a guy that went out and killed martyrs. Killed people that believed in Christ. But he didn't want them to further the, the good news. So he was either having them arrested. Or he was having them beaten and flogged. Or he was having them put to death. He stood and watched as Stephen was stoned. And held the cloaks of the men that threw the rocks. But yet we have, what, almost two-thirds of the New Testament written by this man? God's not done with you yet. See God first. If you're walking down the road, and even whether it's called Damascus or not, and you go blind, and you hear a voice come out of heaven, stop. (laughs) Say, what's up, God? You know? I want to start with uh, Ben. Ben, that where's Ben? Ben Ben, first and foremost, thank you for your testimony tonight. Yes, we, this community, did lift you up in prayer, and uh, your uh, God has got His anointing on you, young man. You need to know that God has got His hand on you, and He's got bigger and better things. Or you coming down the road. I don't know what it is, but God does. But embrace That's right. it. Embrace it. That's right. If it's changed, then embrace it, brother. That's right. And I, I pray God's blessing upon you and your family. Amen. 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 Something similar, not near like what Ben had happened. And this is where seeking God first is really important. Back in the uh, Back in, uh, it was last year, the end of March. When do we go to state and band? <coughs> April, that's what I meant. Yeah, April. <laughs> it's before May, right? So the end of April, and I went to my I went to the guy at the bus bar, and I said, I drive a bus for Riverson, if you didn't know that. But he said, uh, I told him, I said, I've been having some like, chest pains and stuff. I said, I, I can't walk very far. I'm out of breath. He said, what's up? And I said, I don't know, but I said, we're getting ready leave for Salina here, and I said, you better uh, stay by the phone, because you may need to come get me. Salina's not a short trip in a bus, and uh, we get out there that weekend, and I never said anything to nobody. I didn't feel good at all. I remember Roger was out there, and I got to visit with Roger of uh, a morning, get up for all the kids are up and stuff, go down the lobby, and he's reading his Bible and journaling, and I'm reading my Bible, and got to visit with him, and... But I just felt terrible, and then when I got home that that Sunday, I didn't feel any better. And then Monday, my wife is like, "You're going to the doctor." Period. If you don't make it for me, I will. And I think you ended up making it for me, didn't you? I believe she did. So I said, "I'll be all right." Probably that pleurisy. How many of you have ever had pleurisy? All right, little inflammation. I had that one time, and I thought. So I go in there, and my doctor. She says She's a PA. She says, well, what's going on with you? And I told her. I said, I think I got the pleurisy.
1: And
2: she said, well, who made you the doctor? And uh, I said, well, that's just my professional opinion. I'm not a doctor. That's just my professional opinion. And she, she says, well, she did some more things and checked me out. And she said, uh, Jeff, I think, uh, I think you're either trying to or you already had a heart attack. And I said, you got to be kidding me. She said, no. I said, she said, I'm going to call an ambulance. I said, no, 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 back up the truck. You're not calling no ambulance. I said, I'll drive to the hospital, but you are not calling an ambulance. So I drove over there. Long story short, they had this thing called troponin. I don't know if, if any of you are familiar with it. I've become real familiar with it. They said uh, the, the, the male uh, ought to have uh, a troponin level of 14 or below. Something they check in your blood for heart damage. My first test was 76. So I said, that's a little over. So <laughs>
1: they said, well,
2: we gotta wait an hour and take it again. If we take it again, it's gonna be it's gonna be uh, it's gotta go down. It can't go up. Well I took it again, it was
1: ninety-something.
2: Oh, wow. Now we've got to wait four more hours in the emergency room with IV in your arm, nothing to eat or drink. Warville
1: <laughs>
2: four more hours. They come in, they take it, it's a hundred and something. So I said, well, cancel all this other deal we told you about. They was actually going to let me go home, but they said, here's the deal, if you go home, then you're going to have to go through this whole process. I said, no. So my wife talked some sense into me and said, just stay here, and that way you're here. Get up in the morning, go to the cath lab, and get it done. Well, being in the morning, going later that afternoon, ended up being later that afternoon. Uh, and then we end up having a tornado uh, siren go off in Joplin. So I end up, you know, they close everything down. And that put us back another hour. And so I come back to my room and from the cath lab. And they went in my wrist. No big deal, right? And there's nobody in my room. And I'm watching the clock. And my nurse came in. I said, Where's my family? I don't know. Let me go find out. She never comes back. <laughs> forty five minutes I watched that thing go around forty five clicks. I said, Something's not good here, they're not coming back in here. And I could tell when they came back in that they'd been crying and that maybe they didn't get good news or something. No I didn't know what they'd found. They told me, they told me what the doctor said. He said He said, Jeff, you got a lot of blockage. I said, how much? How many of them are blocked? He said, a lot. I said, do you have a number? He said, a lot. <laughs> he said, your veins have withered so bad that I can't even get a catheter in your veins. And I said, what's that mean? And I thought he's going to say, well, we're going to open you up and we're going to do a bypass. No. He said, can't do that. But I'm going to get with four other surgeons and heart surgeons. And we're going to come up with a game plan. And here's, I'm telling you this whole story to tell you this. Seek God first. Amen. This doctor, his name is, uh, I think his first name is Jose. I don't know, Jose. DeHoya. He's a, he's a, he's a, uh, hope you he don't care I'm talking about him. But he's a good man. But when he came in to tell me, now he said, I don't know what we're going to do. And I'm like, wow. You know, you kind of see your life. But I'm. If it's my time to go, God, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to leave, but I'm ready to go. God, God has got me here, and He's going to finish the work. I'm just here till He tells me. And He, He, so when He got done, He said, "But well, the first thing we're going to do before we even talk about anything," and He stands up, and I'm laying in the hospital bed in my room. Big Mike was over there. Yes. He'll he'll vouch for this. My wife and maybe my mom. I don't know how many people's in the room. This man stands up and he places both hands on my heart, and he begins to pray. Amen. He begins to pray, and he begins to tears begin to fall out of his eyes. and I looked up at one point because I could hear the emotion in his voice as he's praying for God's healing on my body. And he got done, and I could I was speechless. I thanked him over and over. And then we talked about what we were going to do the next day. They were able to go in my groin. They were able to put one stint in. They were able to balloon something and put a stint in one. And I said, well, how does that work? I said, don't I need more than one? And he said, God has really made us so uniquely wonderful. And, and you know, you read God, in Colossians, you can read all about what he's talking about. But we're, we're just delicately, intricately made by God. Yeah, right. And he says, your veins will begin to... They, they, they wear out or they don't work. They'll start growing new ones. Yeah. And the blood will start right. going through these new veins. Yeah. Oh, how long does that take? He said, everybody's different. Yeah. But that's how God's created this. But what I'm so impressed with... And I went back for my follow-up with him. And he come slid up on that little stool... And he was telling me all my numbers, look, at all this. And I was emotional, and I said, doctor, I want to tell you one thing. But I don't care if you hear anything else I say, but I want to tell you this. I'm more impressed with you, not as I'm I'm sure you're a great doctor, but I don't really care how good a doctor you are, because you know that the ultimate physician is, is using you to heal patients. And I said, but what oppressed me more than anything else that you've done is that you did not ask my permission to pray for me. You did not ask permission. You just did it. Now, folks, I'm here to tell you how many of us are afraid to pray for somebody because we're afraid of what somebody will say. Or we're afraid. We're afraid that, oh, you can't do that. You know, or uh, working at the school, you know, I got that a lot. When I was a track coach, we were told at one point, Coach Ryder and I, that if we didn't quit praying before our track meets, that you know something's going to have to happen. And I told him, I said, I'll take the fall. Let them come after me, because if they're going to fire me for praying, let them fire me. I don't care. Right. Yeah. God, we can't. We got to be bold. Right. And when we seek yes. God first,
1: yes. right.
2: when we seek God first, and we say, God, you you can tell me that there's been. I know we've all been there. That God has laid somebody on your heart, whether you've seen them or you're getting ready to see them, and He's told you to pray for them. Yes,
0: yeah. amen.
2: And you got there, and something just what, and you just didn't do it. Yeah. We've all done it, so it's okay. We're in church. No lying. No lying allowed. <laughs> you know, you got lying in that big red circle with the line for it. No lying. We got to be honest with God. But we've all been there because, for some reason, we was in public or we're afraid of what those other people might think of us, right? Mm -hmm. God wants us to seek him first. That's right. Mm
1: -hmm. Come on. Mm
0: Amen. Thank you, Dr. Thank you. on your side.
2: I got off a little bit on on track, but what I wanted to start out with tonight, honestly, was when we seek God first. We need to seek to enter God's kingdom first. Because if we don't do that, guys, then what are we here for? Why did we come tonight? We're we're wasting our time if we don't believe that God is who he says he is and Jesus is who he says he is. And that Jesus did what, what history and what the Bible has told us that he has done. Yep. then we're wasting our time if we don't believe any of that
1: yeah.
2: if you pick up your Bible and you read in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and you've got a problem with that then you're wasting your time here tonight
1: Yes. yes.
2: how do we enter his kingdom it's simple it's simple it's simple I don't know tonight, and we're going to turn it over here to Brother Mark in a little bit, and we're going to give you that opportunity to come forth. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, and and I don't know about you folks in here, but I'm proud to accept accepted Jesus as my Savior. Amen. I'm proud that God has put his call on my life for whatever reason, because God can take you from nothing, and... <laughs> We prayed more than once today that every word that comes forth from here tonight and the rest of this week would be God's words. Amen. Not our words. We don't want any glory. None. Amen. God gets the glory Amen. for all that he's done. When Ben was given his story, God is glorified in that. Yes. When I'm able to share something like that in my life that went on, God is the one that gets the glory. Right. Right. I see a person in a medical field that, as you know as well as I do, they're as scared as anybody to to show their faith. This doctor boldly, he didn't care. And that's what I loved about it. He didn't care. He didn't ask my permission. Think about that. I've asked people permission to pray for him before, and I've been told no a few times, which it's very odd, but it happens, right? Yes. So I'm sure he's... Maybe when he started out, he's been told no, but he just gives it to God. and says, God, we're going to you first and foremost. Before we do anything else medically, we're going we're gonna to ask you to seek you. And he placed his hands on my heart. So when we seek God in our, seek to, enter, to enter his kingdom first, every decision that we make, we talked about that earlier, we've got to put God first. You may think it's silly. But when I came to Lowell Friends, they told me about, and I always get her name wrong, Velma? Velva. Velva. I always get it wrong. Velva. Velva. Kenyon? Velva Kenyon is a woman that lived that her whole life. If she was going to the grocery store, she sought God first. She prayed to God and asked God, What do you need me to get that will sustain me? When she picked out new curtains for her bathroom, she went to the Lord. And ask God what curtains and what collar do you want me to get? But she bought a vehicle.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And we think that's silly, but no, that's the way it's set up. Right.
1: Right.
2: I'm going to go to uh, Big i I'm going to be in NIV real quick. And mm-hmm. Matthew 6:33 is part of the Sermon on the Mount.
1: Yeah.
2: One of the greatest honors I've ever had in my life is I got to preach on the Sermon at the Sermon on the Mount, where the Mount of Beatitudes. And what's crazy is. I was preaching to guys like Dr. Mark Scott from uh, the college over at Joplin. Yeah. And uh, Dr. Uh, – he's not a doctor uh, – Mark uh, Mark Christian, who's the head pastor at Christ Church of Oronogo, <laughs> And uh, Michael De- DeFazio, who is a teacher and a pastor. He's a teacher at the college and a pastor at uh, the one there in Dunaway. But – I'm preaching just the whole aura with the Sea of Galilee back over here behind you and you're preaching and I, I, as I got to preach I, you can feel yourself as Jesus did this and multitudes would come. But he's telling them before he gets to 633 I, again big R I'm sorry I'm going to the, to the NIV but he says in verse 31 so do not worry saying what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear. For the pagans run after all these things. and Our Heavenly Father knows that you need them. <clears throat>
1: Mrs.
2: Kenyon lived that in her life. Amen. She didn't worry about what she's going to eat, what she's going to drink. She knew that God would take care of her. And He did. But seek first His kingdom and His righteousness. Yes. And all these things will be added unto you. Amen. Have you ever been... Just back in the old days they used to do it. I'd go up to the lumber yard and Adam Evans, I need a pound of whatever size nails, and it. he'd reach in there and grab two and a half, three pounds out, throw them in a sack, charge you for a pound. Right? That's kind of what God's talking about here, or Jesus is talking about. He's saying, you know, you do this, if you seek me first, then I'm gonna throw in a little bit of this. I'm gonna give you this. You're not gonna need anything. You're gonna pay for this, but here's what I'm gonna give you.
1: Right. right.
2: That's what he's saying. The hard one for us is our calendar.
0: Oh, yeah, there you go. Amen. you Our
2: our our calendar gets in the way of us seeking God first. The thing I battled with when I was doing youth ministry was travel teams for my kids and my in my group. And I'm not I'm not saying this to to. But little or, or demean any kid to play sports because I love sports. But it got to be a challenge to do youth ministry with kids that are tied up and are gone.
1: They're gone every
2: week. Every weekend. It started out being Saturdays. Well, then it became Sundays. Right? And it became Saturdays and Sundays and then not getting home till midnight on Sunday night and then those kids having to get up and go to school in the morning and wonder why they're flunking the first hour. Yeah. Let's seek God first in our calendars.
1: Right. Right.
2: When we put God first, right, that, that ball schedule is going to free you up. Mm-hmm. Let's put God first. Yeah. Yeah. It's going to free you up. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's just one thing. I love sports. That's why I use that as an example. The last thing, this is really hard for us. I'll have to look back in here. I know I have some scripture. Well I'll just paraphrase for you the word. Our, This applies to our family. That's hard, isn't it? <laughs> Honestly, I don't know, Pastor Mark, how many years you've been in the ministry?
0: Year 26. You've been
2: here, but you've been in the ministry probably
0: 30.
2: probably 30 years, and you got like 20 kids, or you've got a lot of kids, no, you've lot of kids right? Six. Six. You've got six kids. So I, that's called, okay, how many English students do we have in here? Right? That's called hyperbole, right? It's exaggeration for effect. It got the exact effect that I wanted, because you guys all laughed, right? Okay. Is that hard? When you have to, you know, it's in, let me read it. I think it's ten, ten thirty 1030 something. Okay, 1037, Matthew. Anyone who loves his father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Anyone who loves his son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And then he goes on after that. And anyone that does not take up his cross and follow me, well, you know the rest. It's hard for us to put God in front of our family, isn't it? Yeah. Yes. That's the one we really tread lightly on. But if you've been in the ministry for very long, and Mark been in there that long, you've made a lot of sacrifices at your family's existence. And, and Billy Graham shared it best. He, he thought his wife was just the, the most wonderful person in the world because, well, he was out... Doing these big revivals, and people were coming in droves and, and giving their lives for, to Christ because of Billy Graham and the message that God would put through him. By the way, the simplest messages you could ever preach. That's right. Right. Yes, it did. But the Holy Spirit worked through him. Right. Those people came, but while he was doing that, his wife was home raising their kids. Right. Mm-hmm. There is a sacrifice, right. there is a price to be paid if you're going to follow Christ. Right. Nobody said it would be easy right? Everybody says, well, the hardest thing you got to do once you walk down the aisle or whatever. There's a lot of people that never walk down the aisle. People, there's people in here that's been saved in your living room. You know, or in the backyard, or in the car, or whatever. God God is everywhere. We don't need to be in church for that. But once we do get that, then we ought to be in church.
1: And we ought to invite our
2: friends and our family. And I, I, I was telling, uh, and I, I'm sorry, I'm not good with names, but I know this is your daughter here, and we were talking, we, she's, man, it's really, it's really packed in here, I'm like, yeah, you're right, I said, this is the way every church ought to be, every single service, right, right. right here,
1: right.
2: I'm out of time, God's saying, focus on me, Seek me first, and that's simple. I know it's like when we decided to do that. And they said, "Okay, let's do it." That's why we're starting, at, you know, six thirty-three every night, just so you guys kind of remember that. But when we seek God's kingdom first and foremost, we don't have to worry about anything else. Right? God's got it. If we Continue to make the main thing the main thing. Yes. That is Christ. Yes. Just put your yes. roller skates on, maybe, because yes. he's just going to lead you down the road. And you can skate on now. But there's going to be some bumps. All right? You know, I, I know. I, lived, I used to go down Washington Hill in Baxter on a skateboard. Try that sometime. Look <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> you you can go ahead and have your guys come back up and i'm going to turn it over to mark but when I, before i go i want to pray for you guys and i want to thank you for the opportunity because i was able to come home in a sense to say i i grew up here in this church at 12 or 13 years old and i started going to first baptist church after that and i saw lou here somewhere lou was one of my sunday school teachers god bless you lou Man, and you have had to put up with me all that time. And I, <laughs> praise God for people like Lou and Mary Beth. I saw Mary Beth. Man, I, I'm really tell her age, but I won't tell you when she taught me, so I don't want because she don't look it, but I do. I think I took your years, Mary Beth. I got them. There's just so many people I can name that you know that I just saw that I haven't seen for a long time. It's like. God has put them in this place and even in my life for a purpose. And the little things, if we can't teach, if we can teach any younger people or even people that don't know the Lord, whatever, if we can teach them one thing and that's just to seek God. And then when we get it, when we get that, when we seek to enter his kingdom first, when we get there and we've, we've notched that in, then everything else. Then we can go to work. But we still have to take care of ourselves. The Apostle Paul, he died to himself daily. I died daily. And he was talking about dying to himself, to the world. And we've got way lots more things going on in today's world. When you talked about being on on, uh, Facebook Live there a minute ago, I just popped it up on my phone just to see. And sure enough, Mark's moving his arms. And sure enough, he's right in tune. And I'm like... It's crazy to think about that, growing up as a kid over in that little building that we have. And I think what God can do to put his word out right. to the world.
1: Yes.
2: Yes. Right. I just want to say this. God loves you. We love you as pastors. I want to do that. They're going to come up here with me. I'm not going to be by myself. I'm going to bring Mark up to talk. But while he's doing that, I want all the our group to come up, a pastor group. And come up here with us. And if there's, Mark's going to lead us in a time of, I don't know what God's doing tonight. I know he's here. Right. And we, we've all felt his presence here. Yeah. And I just, no matter what it is, you may need something prayed for in your life. Maybe this avalanche of conviction has finally hit you tonight. And I, I think that it has. Maybe a lot of us. If that's the case and you need somebody to pray with you, come up here. We'll be up there. So pastors, if you'll come, and I'll pray while I'm praying, you can come. Father God, thank you for your spirit here tonight. Thank you for these people that are here that have come, that have spent their Sunday night and said, God, I choose to follow you tonight. And we choose to do it collectively as a body of believers with no name tags, God. Nothing but the blood of Jesus is here tonight. And that's how we're cleansed and we're freed from all of our sins. It's because Jesus died on the cross for us. There's nothing we can do within ourselves, God, to make that happen, but you did. By us believing and saying that we believe in that, and that we will take up our cross and follow you, God, you have given us redemption. And you have said, God, that if we continue to do that, God, we're going to stand before you one day, and we'll do it proudly. We may not be able to speak like the song says, but I can only imagine whether we'll be able to, to stand or to kneel, however it goes, God. I want to see every person in this room in heaven again one day. Yeah, yeah, we'll seriously. come together and we'll be praising your holy name along with everyone else. Uh, we love you. And again, go forth this week. Tomorrow night, I believe it's Dorcia. That's preaching in Riverton at, at the Baptist Church there. And I pray a blessing right now, God, upon upon her heart, Amen. upon the words that she will bring us. Amen. Father God, that you will just bless her, God, in the name of Jesus. Amen. May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is
0: in heaven. In Jesus' holy name. Amen. 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 Jeff, your aunt, Robbie, was coming in one Sunday morning to church. As she was coming in the door, she said, My kids are going to take me to lunch today, Pastor, so I'm going to leave about 1130, so when you get ready to preach, probably in the middle of your message, I'll be getting up and slipping out. I said, Robbie, if God really moves today, and the altars open up, and people are crying out to God, and God is moving in an awesome way, are you still going to leave at 11.30? She looked me in the face. She said, no, Pastor. And I said, so then you don't believe that will happen, do you? She said, shut up, Pastor. <laughs> 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 Robbie can get away with that. She smiled. She walked away. The Holy Spirit hit me. said, do you believe it's going to happen? I couldn't tell God to shut up. It was true. I didn't really believe it was going to happen. And God convicted me at that moment to believe for something. A little island in Scotland called the Hebrides. Men began to gather and pray. Two ladies that were homebound began to pray, called for their pastor to get men to pray, and they gathered in a barn and they prayed all night. For two years, they prayed all night. Till one man got up and said, not the pastor, but a, a deacon there from the church. And he said, Pastor, as he read the word of God, he said, who can ascend the holy hill but him that has clean hands and a That's pure right. heart? That's That's right. Right. Amen. And that night, those men got on their faces, began to cry out to God. They began to believe that God was going to do something mighty. And as they cried out to God, they left that barn that night. It's the early morning hours. The light was coming in as the sun was coming up. And as they approached the town, it was still a little bit dark. They heard some men in the ditch. They thought they were town drunks. They were were jabbering. and As they got closer, they began to hear their voices saying, God, have mercy on us. God, have mercy on us. They prayed with these men, and as they approached town, people were turning their lights on coming out of their houses. They'd waken up early in the morning, and they were crying out to God, and revival hit that community. Yeah. They invited a pastor to come an evangelist to preach, and he, he gave an account of preaching at the church that day. And as it was a nice congregation filled the house, over 300 people, what we have here tonight. And at the end of the service, it was nice. He said they left the church, and one young man was standing there. And he was weeping, and he said, God, you promised to help Amen. This young man's weeping. And the, the evangelist is consoling him. Yes, he's passionate for God. That's wonderful. We love that in ministry. But the evangelist confessed. He said, I, I didn't know what was going to happen. I thought it was a good service. Somebody came in the back door that all, everybody was out but that young man in the path, that evangelist. He said, Pastor, you've got to come out here. He walked out and there were 600 people on the lawn. This meeting had been unannounced. Nobody knew what was happening. God had drawn the whole community to come and they were crying out to God, have mercy on us. What would happen if those of us in this community cry out, God have mercy on us that we have taken for granted your kingdom that we have taken for granted what you want to do in our lives that we have let the clock be the priority yeah, I just want you to know these that are standing here they've been praying for us we have been praying God not just send revival where some folks get saved, a few healings we're praying for that kind of revival like happened in the Hebrides. Week. It got labeled at our prayer summit, crazy revival. Amen. Are you all ready for crazy revival? Amen. So here's what can happen. There's pastors along the front here. We're going to have to wait till last night for this to happen. You have a need tonight? Jesus don't leave here like you came in Jesus name if you you need to know the Lord any of these can lead you to Christ and if there needs to be there's probably somebody even sitting next to you that could help you with that come on (coughs) they're going to lead us in some worship and then here in a few moments I'd like us to pray collectively for our community but for right now I'd like to open up this opportunity for you to come. If you need personal prayer, maybe you need a healing touch. I'm so thankful what Jeff talked about. A doctor who prayed for somebody. Amen. If you need a touch, whatever it is. There you go, Rick. Way to step out,